Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, and kindle us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew, renew the, the face, face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit to instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we become truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Right. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Super excited today to have Father Ted Broussard, close friend, mentor, good good guy, and a, a soldier for Christ. Uh, welcome to the show, Father. Good to be here. And Father is the uh, is the pastor at St. Bridget's in Lawtel, but but I think most of Acadiana knows Father through being the spiritual director for the Garcia Center, something that's super close to my heart. But uh, welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm originally from a place called Cow Island. How? <laughs> and it's it's a it's a great place to to be raised, and I come from St. Anne's in Cow Island, and I went to UL or USL back in. 86 then I graduated there in 91 and went into a spiritual year at, in Pennsylvania and then uh, Mount St. Mary's in uh, Maryland for the last mm-hmm. four years ordained in 1998 now being from Cow Island that's a true Cajun Catholic right I oh mean, yeah no doubt about that when you hear the term Cajun Catholics father tell me what comes to mind for you the the, the perseverance of the faith through the exile how they kept their faith alive. It helped them through the most difficult times, ba- basically being you know, uh, exiled from their home. So they had to have a lot of faith to endure and all the trials and tribulations of a, of a new place. And it's devotion. You know, also, it brings to mind devotion. If it wouldn't be for the people's devotion, the church in this area probably would have been extinguished a long time ago. Grace and devotion. You know, um, I... I, I know you've seen so many people come through the Curcia Center, and um, it's been such a blessing for Acadiana. A lot of the previous guests that have been on the show have been Curciestas, and it's something that, for me, 16 years ago, touched my heart so deeply and um, just changed my life. I knew the the first night that I went to sleep there, I, I, I turned to my bunkmate, and I said, my life will never be the same after wow. this experience. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, and it, and it hasn't been. But being on the other side, and Father is uh, responsible for all the Curcias, uh What's it like? I mean, it's it's. Uh, I know it's a heavy weight to carry. I imagine to to get up for every Curcia. It's like I guess getting up for like a big game. Mm-hmm. But I've been to many of the ones that you have have have. have, have I've had candidates, and it's what what's that like? What well, it's actually incredible. Fifteen years I've been there. And just to see from the Thursday to the Sunday the change in people's faces, which talk about unseen, the unseen soul. Well, Thursday when they come there, normally out of seeking a deeper relationship with our Lord, and a lot of them being away from the faith and the sacraments, so there's no tethering to that supernatural relationship. And then when they get there and they learn their faith, and then they see other people, and they're not alone in their struggles and their doubts, their fears. Some of them have been away for 10, 20, 30 years. When they finally go to confession and go to Mass and receive our Lord in a state of grace, like 
Adam and Eve had before the fall. They had that beautiful re- relationship with God, no fear, no shame. When they experience that supernatural connection, I mean, they do weep, but it's out of joy. It's out of a relief, a refuge. So when it comes to my side of the of the coin, it's, it's uh, I'm a servant. That's how I see myself. I'm, I'm serving God's will. Let it be done to me according to thy word, the words of our blessed mother. Like, whatever you want me to say, Lord, whatever they need is what I, I don't script anything or plan. I just, I get there, and sometimes I don't, I'm tired, I don't want to be there like everybody else, you know. But it's such a beautiful experience, and unlike most priests, I get to see in one weekend this beautiful change. And it's all God. It's all grace. It's all them letting themselves be loved by God and throwing away their luggage and receiving God's grace and seeing and letting that light illuminate their love for God, others, and self. I've seen, I have to write a book because I've seen incredible oh, no, transformations. Some people with such anger and hatred turn to loving apostles. You know, uh, uh, the faith is truly alive there. And the place is, like Father Fry said, he said, the place is holy, Ted. I was asking for advice. What do I do? <laughs> and he said, ah, Ted, the place is holy. <laughs> And it's true because everybody dumps what the devil has wrought in their soul, and they leave it there, and we throw it away spiritually. And I, and I often say to them, leave out that door with none of it. Just walk with God in grace, and the rest will be fine. Don't be afraid. And it's beautiful to see it. I think I've shared with you in the past that my mother, you know, started the women's Christia there, brought it there. Uh, my uncle Mickey was Christia too, and. And mom was close with Father Fidelis, and I, she wrote 42 years of diary every day that mm-hmm. I got when she passed. And I've, written, I've read a lot about, about the beginnings mm-hmm. and how she went to Kansas City to do her Christia. <clears throat> and, uh, and in that adoration chapel for her, Father Fidelis had sent her, and she had this close encounter with Christ where mm-hmm. he was surrounded her. And right. it's very profound for me to read that and then for me to grow up in Prairie Roan because I went with her to so many Christias and just never thought one day I would get that call. I, I just it's not something I really wanted to do. I, I thought those people were kind of holy roly and crazy <laughs> and you know, it was like well, kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we a good, all a good crazy. crazy. <laughs> it is a good crazy. And uh and then it became such a big part of my life. And uh you know, so how did you end up there? And did you know that was that something you prayed about in your in your in your priestly vocation? Well I had made it in ninety one under mm-hmm. Father Deloney. And it I knew my faith, but to experience people's life on the other side, you know, like the things they struggle with. That I became a priest to help people spiritually because I struggled and in that, that grace of confession, all the sacraments and the rosary, all those things helped me through it. So I want to give that. I'm reciprocating what God gave me. So when I made it, I had no idea how to run it or facilitate it. And so one day... I'm in Evangeline at St. Joseph's, and I get this call from the diocese, and they said that we have a meeting about the Cursia. I said, okay, all right. I'm not used to getting called about the diocese unless I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's a call so, you don't want to get. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I said, okay. Well, I get there, and they're talking about it, and just, and I'm kind of clueless as to why I'm there. And then all of a sudden, the bishop turned to me, Bishop Jarrow, and says, uh, well, do you want it? I said, What? Like wow. totally clueless, I'm like, well, Bishop, what, what, what do I want? He says, well, the Garcia. 
you want to you want to be a spiritual director i said and in the the back of my mind thinking there's no way i can do this mm-hmm. i mean i don't know enough i i don't and i'm you know i don't know i just felt inadequate and then of course by god's grace and you know those ping those actual graces come along and you, uh, say yes be calm and it was the most calm i said yes for, uh, bishop i would love to uh, wow. help you and so I'm, I left the office, and I was in the parking lot of the diocese, and I'm in my car or my truck. I'm just in awe. I'm just like, I, I couldn't start the car or anything. I just, I just sat there like, what just happened? Because to me, it was such a beautiful place. It's such a beautiful experience. And, and when it happened, it just, I've had to learn a lot. I'm still learning. That's so beautiful. And... You know, I know that prior to coming to the Crescia, and you were in different places, I believe, in Henderson for oh, yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so let's go back a little bit, because you, you've touched me and many Cursiestas with some of your stories about um, when you were, I guess, in seminary and, and had the, mm-hmm. the great opportunity to meet uh, Pope John Paul, the great John Paul. Right. So tell us a little bit of those stories, because I really want you to share that. There's, there's, two, there's two things. One, one was when I was in college— I I had a vocation early on, but I didn't pursue it because of the uh, the Father Gothe scandals, and uh, that touched my classmates, and so I ran. I didn't want to be any anywhere part of that, so I went to UL USL, graduating psychology because I want to help people. But the more I learned, it was great. It's a great tool, but it wasn't the salve of grace on the soul. It wasn't. It, I felt. It wasn't the same, only because of the consolations I received. So one day, towards a year or two into graduating, John Paul II came to New Orleans, and I watched it on TV. And what struck me, out of all the fanfare, everybody was you know, going crazy of his presence. As everybody was singing, carrying on, I saw him praying. But not just praying. I, I felt the weight of the world and the church and mm-hmm. God's gospel on his shoulders. And, you know, come to find out there's a lot more he suffered and in, in weight and weight upon his shoulders. So, But when I saw him praying, it, that grace hit me, that actual grace. You know, Ted, you're being a coward. And you're depriving people of a vocation that God called you to because you're scared. Just like the apostles, you ran. Now come back. So in a short stint, that's what happened. So uh, when I saw him praying, closing his eyes, I felt his love for the for the church, his love for people and for God. And I said, I will bear that burden too. So I, I entered seminary that fall after Cursia, and then I went through all those years. Well, my last year, back in 1997, we were going to be ordained deacons, and we knew we couldn't get to ever a Christmas Mass as a priest unless we took off. So our class decided to go to Rome. So I was like, oh, my God. I've never flown over the pond. <laughs> and so the, the experience was excruciating because I have little, I guess my ears weren't adapted or something. And the, on the landing in Rome, it was like, it was like ice picks in my ears. And I was, oh. Oh, it, it, was, it took a day or two just to walk straight. So <laughs> one day... I'm going to try to shorten this up because no. there was so much that happened. So I'm in awe of the history and saints and sinners and emperors have walked these cobblestones and just just overwhelmed by it. So one 
thing was when we had the audience with the Holy Father. He, he's we in we in the chapel and in the his private chapel, and we got to go to mass with him. And while we were waiting, I could hear this groaning. And they they'd warned us about not warned us but told us heads up. You see, sometimes you'll hear him moan. Well, he was groaning, and you could you could just hear the weight of the church on him, mm. and and. I'm sure his struggles at, at the same time. So, and I, that is indescribable. I can't put words to it. So in that, I just felt moved even more that this decision to go be a, be a priest is the right one. So the mass was beautiful. He was so frail even then. And uh, so we left, and then we went to his that big huge office, and everybody's lined up to receive a rosary and a handshake. So I'm practicing in my head what I'm gonna say. Oh, holy Father, we love you. Oh, you're so great. Uh, so he came to me and said, Ah, oh, Theodore, Theodore. Somebody told us my, my name, I guess. I couldn't say a word. I was dumb. I was dumbstruck. All I did was <laughs> I shook his big hand. I mean, they were huge hands, and uh, his eyes were so just so fatherly and, and loving. And uh, and so he passed by, and I was uh, my heart was almost on my chest. And so later on, it came to have a, we have to have a picture with him. Of course, being short, I got to be in the front. So Monsignor tried to get next to my pope. That's my pope <laughs> to get over. <laughs> My roommate tried to get in my action. I said, no, no, you need to back up. <laughs> so I'm right next to him, and I got my hand on, on his cape, under his cape. And I'm rubbing his back like, an old, like, a, you know, like I'd be in a nursing home or something. And I could tell him that you could see the picture. He's like, he's got this grin like, this guy here. Oh, my God, this guy. So that was beautiful. And then the last part, so that was a beautiful experience. And I got my chalice there uh, right next to the colonnade. Euroclero, I don't even know if it's still there anymore. So everything's very meaningful. Well, I don't tell many people about this part, but about a night or two afterwards, I had a dream. And this dream was incredibly vivid and real. Like I could feel me walking on the cobblestone the steps. So in this dream, we, I'm by myself walking towards uh, the papal apartments on these big Constantine steps of Constantine, I think it's called. Walking up, and I'm thinking... I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get arrested. I'm going to get shot <laughs> or arrested. Why am I doing this? And I'm walking, walking up. Because we had seen all that previously, and we went to the papal apartments, and they have an elevator. So I get this elevator. I'm like, there's going to be a, a, a Swiss guard there, and he's going to choke me out. <laughs> so I get in the elevator. I go up to the, and when I go up in, this, in the dream, there's nobody there. I'm like, where is everybody? And the Holy Father's in that chapel, that same chapel, and he's groaning. I walk up to him, and I could sense and feel in my soul his prayer, interceding already, just and the, the weight of the cross and the, the crown of the papacy. So I put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, Holy Father, is anything I can do I said I, I'm I have no idea but I just it's hard to see you suffer he says you can do and basically he said in my heart he's like you can do nothing but pray and persevere persevere in prayer don't worry God's in control of all all the things now it's time for you to go so I went but I want he says you have to go it's the last time you'll see me 
And so I'm walking down, sobbing. Mm. And uh, and then so I went down the elevator. I'm thinking, I'll never get that back up there again. you know. And then waking up the next day just totally um, disoriented because like, it was so real. Drained. Then my roommate, uh, uh, he's a priest in Virginia, uh, Father Fisher, Andrew Fisher, he says, hurry up. Now, this is after that dream. I'm like, what? What? Hurry up for what? He says, Cardinal Ratzinger saying Mass at the German College. We have to get there right now. He has a friend in there. So we walk over. I mean, now we ran over, get there, out of breath. He says Mass in German, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. And so after the Mass, the friend says, Do you want to meet him? I said, Oh, absolutely. So we get there, and he's, Oh, America, very good, very good. He's so calm. So, I mean, it's, it's just, you, th- God, the father, God, the father. Yes. Yeah. So, so the friend says, or my friend Andrew says, oh, oh, your eminence, we'd like to take a picture with you. We're like a picture. He said, you'd like a picture. Unassuming, he grabs the holy, fa- well, Ratzinger grabs the camera. Oh, okay. Yes. To take a picture of us. <laughs> No, you want a picture of you. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we took a picture with the, the the future Holy Father. Wow. I mean, golly. That'd make an indelible mark in your life. Uh-huh. Good Lord. Well, I hear, you know, a lot of our listeners um, hear us talk a lot about Curcio, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of secrecy with Curcio, you know, and people say, hey, how come nobody can talk about it? Uh, I want to know what, what what's this all about. Yeah. How would you describe or... I guess, in a way, invite someone who is a little apprehensive to to mm-hmm. make a cursia, or you know, how would you describe it? I guess, I guess it's a multi pronged thing. Like when you go see a movie, there's nothing more disappointing. Someone comes out of that movie and spoils the secrecy. They tell you this plot twist and blah blah blah, and it ruins your experience of it, which has to be unique to you. So it's not secrecy; it's protecting the experience of grace. And the 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 event from comparing it to other people and to disappointment is the hum, human nature. So it's to protect that unique experience, so you don't have all these false expectations and biases and all that. It's you and God for that weekend, and you don't know where He's going to lead you, how deep, and when it happens, you you won't regret it. So people on the other side of the coin understand why we don't speak of it mm-hmm. in detail. It basically Chrysia is the beginning of a life of grace to walk in the grace that Saint Paul was so adamant about to receive the grace of God not in vain, huh? Which means to be open your heart to the supernatural friendship with God. That is what holiness is. Holiness is a friendship with God that's manifested itself in your words and deeds in your daily life. Grace, that's grace, and so that has to happen, like Adam and Eve. Before the fall, the purest you can get it, the better. When you fall from grace, it's severed. And shame and fear is what they felt. Where are you, God says. We heard you come and we were afraid. So, Chrissy is the antithesis of that. To get in the life of grace, to walk with God. But you need supernatural grace to do that. And from that comes the effects of, uh, of the elimination of shame and fear and doubt. But a love for God that overwhelms everything yeah he just said that so eloquently and uh and and 
so beautifully and 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 for those of theologian guys out there that that that, that can understand better than my brain I, that, that's so beautiful i'll say it in my words because it's like i do believe that you're called to make Garcia. it's a once in a lifetime right and right. And, and and i do believe deeply that you're called to that and but secondly when you are called then the devil's pushing you away from that, oh, yeah. all that he can up until the day anyone i've ever sponsored just up until mm-hmm. that day they're pulling you away from there but for me, it's it is it is Christ holding your hand in such an intimate and supernatural way. Absolutely. And, and I say to to people, if you desire more, if it, it's mm-hmm. if you desire more in your walk with Christ, Garcia is the first step, and uh, and that's how it was for me. And again, uh, I feel like my life has never been the same since. You know, and uh, and thanks to you, uh, this I, I believe that South Louisiana is. Um, it's the it's the new holy land, I guess. You know, I, I do believe that. I think that there's so many special people. I heard your 50th anniversary uh, interview that you did, and you mentioned how is it 40,000 Kersiestas in? Oh yeah, and that's more. That's unbelievable. Yeah, right. How many people that it's touched here in South Louisiana, and uh, just such a blessing to our community. And I, I don't think I bet most people don't know where Prairie Roan is. You know. Uh, I know mom used to tell me that <clears throat> when they moved the Curcia Center from across the street, I think it was across the street where Northwest right. High School, right? It was apparently had a lot of mice and rats. At, and, you could uh, see through the floor. <laughs> My dad said you could see through the floor, the chickens under the floor. And uh, so they said, mom said when they moved across the street and they had plans, there was a big uprising because they didn't think the Holy Spirit was going to move across the street. You know, that was like a yeah, big... that's too far. Yeah, that's way too far. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but certainly uh, it did. So tell me about the women's Christia, because that's foreign to me other than I said, you know, like my mom was involved. But I, I do get a lot of ladies that, that have interest, but is it, how different is it? different than the men's. Uh, it's it's not much different. It's just geared towards uh, feminine or uh, femininity, you know. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's what it began as, the femininity course. Right. And so the women that um, facilitate the professors and everyone else, they gear the talks towards, you know, the wife's role or or the woman in the world working or whatever it is. And so the the, the message is the same, grace uh, sacrifice, commitment, the church's teachings, that's what is, those never change. However, it's how they facilitate in their life as a woman. It's just all it is is geared mm-hmm. towards that. I would challenge our listeners <clears throat> that, you know, that are in business out there that for me, you know, Chrysia was uh, clarity, not only in my spiritual life, but in my business life and my family life. Uh, you know, it, it checked all the boxes, and um, you know, it, it's just that that intimacy with Christ that God wants you to have a, a good work work life and a, and a good personal life, and and it just everything blossoms from there, and it teaches you the ABCs, you know, of Catholicism. Curcio means short course, right? Right. Short course in, in Spanish, and I think it came from Spain. The Curcio here, right. Bishop Hervas. Uh, yeah, and it's just such a, a just a wonderful thing. Um, so, Father Ted, um, tell us what else. You know, <clears throat> what do you? How do you? I mean, will you retire out there? How's that going to work? <laughs> I have no. I, I give up trying to figure that one out. I have no idea. What, yeah. what, it's whatever the we'll bishop wants, and uh, I'm I'm open to what God wants because it was such a beautiful 15 years, and if He wanted me to retire there, hey. 
And I'll tell you some legend stories that when Mama um, helped, um, she furnished and put china and things in Father Fidelis's house, and I think that's where you're living now. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe some of those same things that Mom gathered up there are still there. So it's always like a big connection for me. But you know, right. I, Mom used to talk about how uh, the devil would attack Father Fidelis and out there, and and also with Coach. You know, when Coach lived out there. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. tell a little bit. Tell a little bit. I know that's about that part. Well, just you know, I, I think people, in order to believe in Christ, that you got to sometimes make more that the devil is real. Yeah, right? you, have to, you have to be practical. Yeah, yeah, right. So I can tell you, every Christia for the past past fifteen years, something always goes wrong before or after. Uh, either, I mean, I've walked in there where the whole roof is falling down with with the uh, uh, things broken uh, that would that be just out of nowhere, and spiritually, I'm in you know I'm in another parish, which is I'm in two worlds. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes I don't even want to drive to the weekend because I'm, I'm I'm exhausted or overwhelmed or I feel inadequate. What am I tell these people? They, I mean, and then of course in life you get discouraged, you know, with everything that's in the news and this that and the other and However, I have to dig down deep and realize where that's coming from. The devil's trying to discourage, and he always does that when good things come or, or, or have the possibility of coming. So the devil always works to, to cause despair or discouragement. So your will becomes weak, but you have to love God more and go beyond the emotions and say, Lord, let it be done to me according to thy word, like the Blessed Mother. Yes, for the world, you know. So I'm driving many times there thinking, okay, this might be my last year. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, all that unknown. And that's where the devil works, when you have future fears. He works in the misers and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, I get there and I see all those faces, the women and the men, and many of them are... You know, excited to be there. Some of them are sad. Some of them are angry. Some of them are dry, just not this void. And when I see them, I feel like a, I actually feel like a father. That's my babies. You know, that's that's my children. And Lord, use me. Get me out the way. Use me. I don't know what to do, but you do. And so I get out the way and trust in God's will. And it always proves me wrong, what I feared, and everything else. And sometimes it happens after Christia. I get attacked, accused, uh, beat up, uh, wondering how, you know, I'm 22 years of priest. <laughs> When's retirement? <laughs> <laughs> but God always proves me wrong through grace. And, uh, and I think part of that is so we don't get comfortable and proud and think it's ours. Yeah. We, we become, again, it puts us in our place, become servants. And when you think about how Christia began with Bishop Hervas, that was during the Civil War, the Spanish Civil War, and the church was being suppressed, and 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 uh, people forgetting their faith. So he got the road to Compostela, a little pilgrimage going, and they he saw the men sharing their faith and the beauty of them saying, "We have faith, and we're willing to talk about it." And he saw that again, that transformation again, from Thursday to Sunday, where he saw it. He said, "That's important, teaching the faith." And then walking with people, your brothers and sisters, to so for beautiful. support, accountability. 
Well, we run out of time. You, you're the right man at the right place. I, I can't say how much I love you and I appreciate you, and I'll be praying for you. And uh, thank you for being here today. God you're a blessing to me and my family. Uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with Father Ted Broussard, uh, spiritual director at the Garcia Center. And uh, thank you, Father. And again, until next time, we uh, always in, uh, we challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless. Mm-hmm.